Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Ali Cottle. I am a certified life coach and guide, as well as a global real estate advisor at Briggs Freeman Sotheby's International Realty. We're guiding you on a journey home. And what is more important than your home and your space? It is your sanctuary. It's your refuge. What is it about the journey home that brings up fears, obstacles, challenges, and how do you overcome them? How do you work through them? I love y'all and welcome home. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have a really special guest. His name is Gavin Smith, and he is our colleague and dear friend from Briggs Freeman, Sotheby's International Realty. So I'm so excited to have Gavin. Gavin is our first um, fellow Briggs Freeman agent to have on the show. So I'm really excited and honored to have him. He's super fun, and I will let him introduce himself. Well, hello, thank you. <laughs> and super friendly. We also super have our Cindy is here today. And why I really wanted Cindy to be here for many reasons. But she and Gavin both worked in fashion in Dallas. So true. Yeah. Right. Like lots of mutual friends. It's crazy. Back in the 80s and 90s. Yes. And Tyler. <laughs> and Tyler. In Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Does that mean it's all Texas? Texas starts in Tyler don't you think I think so oh wow okay good to know good to know so um, big hats (laughs) real big hats real big double names everybody's gonna have two names which is awesome Gavin what's your Tyler name I don't quite have it (laughs) but (laughs) Gavin it's just we just it's a double syllable yeah it's the best Oh my goodness. So Gavin, tell us where you're from and how you got to Dallas, Texas. I'm originally from Ruston, Louisiana, which is about three and a half miles, not three and a half miles, but three and a half hours from <laughs> Dallas, um, which is interesting to me and to many others because being from Louisiana, everyone automatically assumes you're from New Orleans. And <laughs> so I'm from Roughly, New Orleans was five to six hours away, which you'd have to go through Mississippi because the roads were so bad. So we always naturally came to Dallas. Yeah. Great. So Dallas was kind of like an exciting destination for you growing up? It was an exciting thing. Um, It's Louisiana is beautiful. And, you know, there's aspects of Dallas that I can relate to, especially like the Fort Worth area, Kessler Park, Mm -hmm. Bluffview with the hills, Mm -hmm. the trees, Um, North Louisiana. It's beautiful in that, you know, A, it's known for Louisiana Tech, but it's roughly like 33 miles from the Arkansas line. It's oh. probably 85 miles from the Mississippi line, mm. or maybe it's 105 miles from the Mississippi line, but 85 miles from the Texas line. So mm. it's a real quick trip to Dallas, which um, I always enjoyed, and that's what I remember. Is yeah. that fun? So you get all those different cultures there. I mean, a lot of different get, cultures. That's what's so neat. I didn't realize you got that that crossroads. You could go Mississippi or Arkansas or Texas. I mean, that's that's neat. Well, it's interesting. A lot of deep south fabulousness there. I think it's interesting because you take the towns and it's like okay, so Ruston's more like Shreveport, but Monroe's more like New Orleans. You know, and it's kind of like the difference between Tyler and Marshall, the difference between Fort Worth and Dallas. 
or different parts of Dallas. So, you know, it gave me a real good education quickly in terms of, you know, North Louisiana is definitely different from South Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So great. Uh, I've never, you know, I've never been to New Orleans, though. I've never really explored Louisiana at all. Mardi Gras or uh, the Jazz Festival. Oh, I want to go for the Jazz Festival. Take your umbrella. You're going to have to take us. We'll go. <laughs> oh, that would be I need fun. a tour guide. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so then what was, like, your favorite thing, childhood memory growing up in Louisiana, something that's sentimental to you about growing up there that's, like, specific to that region? You know, North Louisiana and South Louisiana, the difference is North Louisiana is the Bible Belt and South Louisiana is a lot of culture and fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think we had a lot of culture and fun, but our our culture and fun leaned more toward Texas, East Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a lot of church. Um, My stepfather was a sports writer. And um, there wasn't a game that we missed. Really? His first article was with sports. His first published article was with Sports Illustrated for Terry Bradshaw's draft. Oh, wow. So contrary to what a lot of people think, I spent a lot of time going to games. (laughs) Maybe not as far back as Terry Bradshaw. But, um, (laughs) you know, um, women's basketball, Kim Mulkey, which wound up being the coach at Baylor, who's now the coach at at LSU. we grew up with a lot of great athletes, so we did a lot of spent a lot of time at all the games. It was a really good time to grow up in North Louisiana, especially with Carl Malone. Oh, there was wow. Pat Tilly for um, the Cardinals. You had Billy um, Rickman with the Falcons. Um, our neighbor was Burt Jones with the Colts. So, I mean, I have really a lot of great memories with sports. I can remember when uh, one of the weekly specials was Grambling's White Tiger with which was Bruce Jenner starring. Oh, my God. And he was actually a guest in our neighborhood, which while he, you know, did that role. So many great memories. I remember that. Uh, And, of course, you know, Southern cooking or home cooking. Hell, yeah. That's the thing about about the South and Louisiana is the traditions of the home. The traditions of the home. And Uh I think that's, you know. marvelous. We didn't have a... so to speak, a theater. We didn't have really a, a restaurant, a fine restaurant to go to. So if you wanted to go to, out to eat for a nice meal, you went 35, 30 to 35 minutes. You know, so everything was based around the church, the home, or sports. Wow. Yeah. You know, wow. so and the humidity. And the humidity. And you had nice hair. <laughs> right. Perfecting that. <laughs> That's so fun. It. Okay, so then... How did you get to Dallas as a young adult? What brought you here? Well, fast forward, um, I would say my earliest memories are always coming to Dallas in the summer. It was three and a half hours away, and it was all about going to North Park. I mean, I can even remember Mm -hmm. going to Townies Mall in the early 70s, but um, North Park, going to Six Flags, going to the Wax Museum, (laughs) uh, whatever the water park is. The things we still do. (laughs) Right, the things things we still do. That's so cool, though. I remember that, and I remember the most probably earth-shattering changing event was Ralph Lauren opening opening at Highland Park Village. And, I mean, uh, after that, I was like, well, I'm going to live in Dallas. Yeah, you're like, why do you live anywhere else with Ralph Lauren? Yeah, I agree. Were you a big Ralph Lauren fan still? I was a big Ralph Lauren fan. I remember my my first... piece and it was like it, it was life-changing Real, what was it it was a belt <gasps> oh great it was but a belt he was 
it was the epitome because it was a lifestyle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And imagine if you live, I mean, it's like you hear about all these actors that they started going to movie theaters and they like, well, I knew I was going to be in acting because I went and watched the movie every weekend at the matinee. Well, I just, you know, imagine going shopping. I thought life was all about shopping, you know, (laughs) so now it's gone from shopping cashmere to shopping houses yes shopping it's so true i love it and i do think ralph lauren is the first person that i feel like the world ever really recognized as a lifestyle brand and sold an experience and it was like nothing anybody had ever experienced before you know it was remarkable i'd have to agree because bill blasps his 100th birthday was last week and he was the first one to put his name a on men's clothing as a designer he was one of the first big branding icons and one of the things that was said by other great i don't remember which designer but bill blast did the bill blast look and he did not reference anyone else but what he imagined but he was an amazing at that you know he, he was a, a storyteller of lifestyle then you have ralph lauren and ralph lauren was the first one to brand homes mm-hmm. you know and it's just like um one of our friends, Melissa, was in Chicago last weekend. She said, I'm going to Chicago to see family. And I'm like, oh, my God, you have to go to Ralph Lauren for lunch. She uh, said, really? And I said, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Mom. We lived there, you know, yes. for four years. And when anybody would come in from out of town, it's the first place I would take them. Oh, my gosh. And I wouldn't RL leave. Girl. She'd have to drag me out. Yeah. RL Grill is just the best. Oh, I'm well, it's interesting because I've been to Chicago once. And I flew up for the day, and the only thing I remember was going to Ralph Lauren for lunch. <laughs> That's kind of the only thing I remember about the first trip I went to visit oh, yeah. y'all, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. So I told her, and I said, oh, by the way, you have to go to home. Can you take a picture of home? Because, you know, the home stores are different across the board. Yeah. So anyway, with that said. We um, love Ralph Lauren. We with love that Ralph said, Lauren. We, we're, exactly. So we're a big fan of Ralph. So... Is that kind of so? Like, what? How did you get into fashion? Because well, and you also talk to us about like how you were in New York and your first job in fashion, your first job in New York. Well, I started um, early in college. I started work. I started working. Football season was over. I started in a clothing store, and that led to that was about the time of um, I would say right past American Gigolo, and the reason I say that was because you know Richard. G- year was so iconic then and I can remember a friend driving up that at the time I didn't know but it was a clothing sales rep and I worked in a clothing store and I thought oh my god he's got a seven series what is a seven oh my god that's a seven series I'd never seen a BMW and it's like it looked just really fascinating him hauling clothes in and out and going on to the next stop so I thought I'm gonna become a clothing rep so immediately my freshman year of college for markets I started coming to Dallas working markets that's great. And um, I quickly, I wanted to get out of school. I got out of school in three years. And, you know, my parents were like, you can't leave here without a degree. And I'm like, well, we're going to do it. So we did it. And then there were no jobs in Dallas. It was right around the banking crisis in the late 80s. So I said, okay, so I'm going to interview in New York. And I started with Valentino. And one thing led to it's another. It's a pretty good place to start. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> It was fun. You started at the top. So what was that Valentino, like? Wow. Valentino, luxurious. New York in the 80s. That was a luxurious experience. Without um, a doubt. I mean, it was really, it was right after Wall Street was produced. Um, I worked for GFT that had the license for Valentino. They had the license for Angoro. They had Joan and David. They had Giorgio Armani. They had Andrew Fezza. I mean, the list went on. And the thing about it was I couldn't appreciate it. 
Mm-hmm. I was homesick. I'd never been away from home. Oh, wow. But, you know, you catered lunches. It was truly a luxurious mm-hmm. existence and, you know, on no money. But Ivan Boski had just gone to prison from Wall- the movie Wall Street was based on him. And our office was Ivan Boski's office right before <laughs> you, he went to the pen. Oh, wow. Wow. A lot of, lot of tales in that building. A lot of a stories. A lot Those of stories. Yeah, kidding. Suede wall. I mean, <laughs> suede, lux- walls. suede walls. Suede walls. <laughs> Luxury. Luxury. So how long were you in New York for? I was in New York. I'm, I left and came back three times, and I finally moved <laughs> to Dallas. I started in 88, and I moved back to Dallas officially, side on scene on Turtle Creek in January mm-hmm. of 96, and I've wow. been here ever since. Wow. Oh, were you born? I was born in 88. Okay. <laughs> but I live on Turtle Creek now. <laughs> it's my favorite place in Dallas. It it's really my favorite. Is. It really right. is. I just actually, side note, I went for a walk on Sunday and I was just like, where am I? I could be anywhere in the world. It's like you can really get lost in Turtle Creek and nature. I love it. It's so beautiful. I'd have to say I have two favorite houses. I think, thank God for COVID. (laughs) The only thing about, the best thing about COVID were the walks and taking Mm -hmm. pictures of the architecture and um, honing my skills with the camera. But I would say the Bobby McAlpin house at um, Beverly at the Creek. And I would say Newt Walker's home on Lakeside facing the creek. But the thing about that is just the David Bart, the David Bates art or sculpture in his yard. Yes. I find it very soothing. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, I love that, Gavin. So then you got back to Dallas in 96. And tell us what happened then. I was in fashion from start to finish, I would say 33 years, believe it or not. Um, and had a show. Thirty-three th- years in fashion. Wow. Well, I did business briefly. I did business differently. I was a rep, but um, I don't know how I got into the marketing business. I enjoyed marketing designers, so I more or less um, did. I marketed designers. I started with nine. I closed with fifty-three. And- oh wow. You know, so it was really exciting. I started with designers that were high profile, but didn't necessarily have the selling, uh, the sales to support it. Mm -hmm. But there were great names to have. I had, um, it wasn't that they they were talented. I would just say they were a little progressive for the Dallas culture at that time, or (laughs) for the Southwest culture. But um, over the course of time, I had uh, Todd Oldham, I had Cynthia Rowley, I had Oscar De La Renta. I worked with Bill Blass, wow, um, Byron Lars, Ellie Tahari, Tahari, Tracy Reese, Cynthia Rowley. You know, so the exposure was really great. One of the funniest things that y'all appreciate that I just told Maria in our marketing was um, I just found discovered that one of the most talented that I worked with and probably the one that received the most press, he was featured, I believe, in the Met um, Metropolitan was Christian Francis Roth, who is now a um, Sotheby's agent in New York. Oh, really? So he also went from fashion to real estate. He went from fashion to real estate. It translates. It really does translate. It translates really well. So Yeah. I mean, all three of us have fashion background. Absolutely. I mean, I don't have the extent that you two have, but... 
You might be lucky. Yeah, I don't know. You I, started early. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, I, I, my first job out of college was with Christian Dior in New York, and that paycheck was enough for me to try to figure out the next step. The next step. The glamour was. Is, That's when right. it was the only internship. So you just did like unpaid internships in fashion for six months before they'd consider hiring you. And I was like, uh, this is. But weren't those the funnest of times? They were very fun. They were very fun. I also learned a lot, met a lot of cool people. Yeah, I'm really grateful for it. I mean, I'm extremely grateful. I just never found anything that I dabbled in trying to find something else. And it just came a point where I didn't want to travel anymore. And Mm -hmm. I kept giving referrals and I thought, you know what, let's try it. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate, you know have the opportunities that I did. And through yeah. your fashion and sales in Dallas, you had a ton of contacts. So you were just a, I mean, you were ready to, to start real estate business. Just thinking about it. I didn't know I was yet. ready, but I would say, you know, I had a really good start. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been really blessed that way. And um, I was definitely fortunate. I traveled up to 24 towns. So if you think about it, I market to 24, you know, 24 different towns. And at least one of those clients has, you know, family member moving to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I had a fortunate start that way. It wasn't, I only had one book. Right. And you had the trust of those people that they knew you were going to take care of their, you know, their family member or whoever they referred you to. They could trust you to, to guide them and be truthful and to get them in a safe neighborhood or, you know, whatever. That's huge. Mm-hmm. It is huge. And I think, you know, I feel very fortunate and blessed that way. And in terms of the network you have, it's network driven. It's relationship driven, but it's also it's relationship driven on our side. Just look at our relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do business with people you want to do business with and you trust. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And while the transaction or the home buying process doesn't last that long, maybe a month or six months or whatever, a year, but at the same time, you grow really close to these people. Mm-hmm. And, and the more you do or the more offers you lose or whatever, you do become friends, deep mm-hmm. friends, and you know each other on a different level than you would if you were just playing Mahjong or <laughs> something, you know. True, but I think the thing about it that prepared me for it most was I worked with clients in their home mm. and you learn how people live and and that it, their space is a totally different thing the mm-hmm. way they live their mannerisms how they do things you know so you listen to that and it more or less prepared me mm-hmm. I think that was the best preparation that I had was understanding how people live right I love it that's, that's such so a good great. point mm-hmm. you know like from every detail well, so what was the inciting incident that took you to real estate, and how did we get so lucky at Briggs Freeman to get you? I feel like I'm the fortunate one. I um, do too, every day. Every day. All of us do. Still so grateful. I had a really good friend, a close friend, one I adored, that um, had been a fashion model here, and she had a home, and um, it was really interesting. We were connected in a lot of different ways. I think it was Kismet that we were introduced. And some of my best friends in Dallas were people that she knew from her previous life. And basically, um, she was very artistic and she wanted to leave Dallas. And she had the most incredible home and I loved her home and I'd researched her home. And I found out another friend of mine had actually, in the early 80s, while she was in college, had worked on the home. Mm. 
Wow. You know, wow. And that home was on Welburn. It was a Bud Oglesby, and I think it took about two years to get it right. But um, it was from an SMU grad early on in his career who had worked for um, Lloyd Paxton. And basically, I think he had traveled a lot, and his father was a doctor, and his father finally said, you need to quit traveling and get a career. And so he went to work for Lloyd Paxton, and he honed his skills there. And he did this home, this Bud Oglesby, which he ran to New York and took the pictures, and it launched his career. And he went on, he's done homes for Anna Winter, he's done oh homes gosh, for Tina Turner. So cool. And um, anyway, with that, um, I was really passionate about her house, the history of her house and what it took. You know, I enjoyed hearing stories from her. I enjoyed hearing stories. One of my f close friends and clients, Michelle Nussbaumer, had worked on the home. She had been friends with the original designer. So I, I knew a lot about the house. And so when it came time for her to sell, I was like very passionate about the process <laughs> of her selling, even though I didn't have the experience, which essentially launched, you know, me going into real estate. Wow. So... It was exciting times. I mean, very. Mm -hmm. That's a great start. And I so know you love that much. I, I think that's marvelous. And I think that's why you're so successful is that passion that you have. The personalization and the passion is so visceral. You can feel it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so contagious. Sincere, right? mm -hmm. Like when we have our office meetings, it's not until you walk in the room that it it feels like everything clicks and it's like everyone kind of stands up straight and they're like, okay, Gavin's here. Like, let's have fun. Like, it's let's do this. You probably do that because I have a camera out. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that is because he has a camera <laughs> And you're very photogenic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, so um, being in luxury fashion and now being in luxury real estate, do you have any personal anecdotes of how – marketing luxury real estate has stemmed from your experience in fashion at all? That's challenging. I mean, Diana Freeland said, let's see if I can remember it. Um, when it comes down to it, essentially, it's about the life you live in the clothes. Oh. Her whole thing was about the life you live in the clothes. It's not the dress. It's the life you live in the dress. Mm. And the way I look at it, I it's not that. about the address, but it's the life you live in the ad at the address. That's the Gavin. That's, that's, spin. that's good. Oh, that's we're gonna have to. Really good. You know, so when you think oh, of it really that good. way, it becomes real easy because you have to feel it. You know, like just like you feel like your favorite outfit, you have to feel how they're gonna feel living there. Yeah. You know, and it's like we're 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 coached a lot that it's about eighty five percent. The number is eighty five percent. If you can find something that fits eighty five percent of your eighty five percent of your checks, mm -hmm. you need to take the house. Mm -hmm. Well, you know which one's the most important, mm -hmm. and you can't discount your client for feeling not having the feeling you do. All you can do is present the house that you think they're going to have that sensation from. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. You can um, tell a buyer, like, let's just go see it. And they're very resistant to a certain house. You're like, come on. just. And when they walk in, you can just see the light go on. Mm -hmm. you know, you've had that two or three times. And it's just so fun to see. I love There's nothing more moments. rewarding. I love and that's, the, that's the process. You, you know, know, so whether you're getting a listing or you're showing a house, nothing is more, you know, rewarding than, than them being excited about it. Yes. I love that. Especially after it's been kind of like a journey and you've seen, I mean, 
over 15, 20 homes and you're kind of like, is one going to click? And you start, you don't get frustrated with them. You're just like, I just hope the right one comes. You know, it's like dating. You can't force it. But then when it does come and it just happens and everything just kind of like flows to the finish line, it's, oh. It's you can't just thing. quit. And it's kind of like, you know, yeah. you and I have talked about different clients and we've compared notes and, mm-hmm. you know, we're continuing to look for specific clients the house and it's like it'd be real easy to just say here can you take care of them right yeah <laughs> but you have an emotional tie to them oh, at yeah. some level and you want to see them across the line exactly. yeah and you're going to get there yeah and when you you're do it's so there. rewarding yes and i think that's what my i i've been doing this for two years wait gavin have we when did you start again i've been at three years july the 8th right so and it's like that first year I used to just like wonder like if it ever was going to click for some of our clients. And now I just realize that that's just a part of the game sometimes mm-hmm. and to find joy even in the challenges, right? Well, part of the game is just showing up. Just showing up. And you have to show up mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And what does you that know, mean for you? Showing up. I mean, you know, there's days that you really don't want to go to work, but that I've been self-employed my whole life, mm-hmm. with the exception of probably three to four years. And so I've always shown up. I might not have been that smart about it, but I mean, it's getting smarter and just understanding the process and just having faith that you can do it. Mm-hmm. All sad. I, I love, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dressing for the, to, for the part, even on the days when it's slow, right? <laughs> Your mindset. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, the, the things are the things that I find that, you know, interesting. Um, so I've been at it three years and recently uh, can we take you off the agent? I'm not even sure what the class is called, but the beginning agent class. Agent basics class. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, not yet. I'd like, I'd really like the reminders because if I'm available, I want to take it. Right. Right. Cause you can't, you take structure wherever you can get it kind of right. And right. there's always something new to learn there's from someone. Something. I mean, that's what I was telling Allie in the very beginning. I was like, I've been doing it 15 years and I know I don't know everything, but I know where to go for mm-hmm. the answer. You well, you've got to keep mm-hmm. showing up. And I mean, think about it. We've seen, and we don't need to talk about it, but we've seen the market change in the last 60 days. We've seen it change in the last probably, you know, 45 days. <laughs> so the thing is, yes, it's different. And so you have to be adaptable. You have adaptable. to be adaptable with your clients. You have to be adaptable mm-hmm. with the other agents. You know, there's you have to be adaptable to the times and the thing about it for me is, is the things that are hardest for me are the things you keep they're presenting to yourself because you need to learn how to do them. So those are the classes I keep taking mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. I think it's brilliant. Yes. You're serving your clients so well for doing that. You really Absolutely. are. And then what did you say about Briggs Freeman earlier when we were talking about how awesome our team is? It's the culture. Does. And I think it's the diversity. And I mean, we were talking about diversity and it's like, I think it's very diverse. I think it's very diverse because the people, you know, we have what, 400 agents and then you add the staff members. So we're what it, I don't know how many staff members we have, but let's say we're at 430 or 450, 450 people. What I find the most interesting are the people that I'm most in like are the people I, yeah, know, that are people I enjoy really being around because I've learned some, those are the people I learned the most from. Absolutely. Exactly. That's what, that's what we all need more of. I love mm-hmm. that. So true. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's the different experiences everyone's bringing to the table, whether mm-hmm. it be a staff member or an agent, you know, and it's just, 
I think the camaraderie, I think it's very much promoted um, about individuality. It's not about teams. I know you are on a team and y'all work beautifully together. But the thing well, is, is if I had the, well, you are family, but, but the perfect, the perfect example is, is if I had an opportunity that would, you know, I could easily work with y'all on it or I could work with someone else. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing that everyone takes everyone's phone calls. Yes. That's the beauty of it. It really oh. is. Even like the top producers, I'm going to just shout him out because I just honestly look at him as like he's a pop star. But Faisal, he you know, when he star. when I got an email from him the other day that said, call me, I was like, <gasps> like I got like a little nervous. And I'm like, wow. But then I call him, he picks it up on the first ring. We have a great conversation. It's like, it doesn't matter if you started yesterday or you were the top producer at our company. Like, Everyone treats each other with such respect. You there know? is. So true. I would have to add that. He's the one that brought me to the team. And, you know, um, I've known him for years. <laughs> and I'd respected him. And um, in terms of new agents, I'll tell you the best advice I ever got yeah. was go to someone that you respect and ask them their opinions about different work situations or where you might fit in. Don't start without a plan. And, um, Mm. you know, I had known Faisal. I wasn't close with Faisal, but I contacted him. And I will tell you, you know, if I have any questions, who do I call? I can call him. Yeah. If I have a hip pocket, who do I call? If I have a listing that I need to secure, he's all for it. He's like, you let me know and I'll be there. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to do to help you? What does my team need to do to help you secure this? Because it benefits everyone. And so that's been a huge lesson. Right. So it is about a lot of independent players, but we all work together. Oh, that's so great. And then what did you say? You were like our support team, the excellence of our support team. I think in terms of our support team, everyone excels. Yeah. And it's, it's not like they read a textbook and like they were told to learn it. They've lived it and they know it. Oh, so And true. so it's real comforting when you do call someone, you know, and there have been the times that, you know, and sometimes the easiest transactions, one thing would, you know, you need to make a phone call and it's like five minutes before and you have a deadline. Yeah. And you're like, start dialing for, you're not dialing for numbers, but you start. <laughs> you're about to dial 911 and you're like, wait, no, I you're, just need to talk to an attorney. God. You really want to clean it. <laughs> But, you know, you call and they answer. Yeah. You know, and it all comes Mm -hmm. out. I mean, thank goodness that didn't happen much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they are. Like, I've I've worked in a bunch of different companies and industries, and I've never felt this supported before. Exactly. Ever. Ever. I'm obsessed with everybody. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It starts at the top, though. And it starts with Robbie. Robbie. It does. And I think that's the most valuable thing is to have our principal in dallas and he's he's in town he knows people he's going to events he's connected to the city mm-hmm. and they have been for decades but the history of it and it's i will amazing. say this my clients yeah. all ages but my younger clients your age you know they're like oh absolutely i would go with Bruce freeman you know a we know who to call if there's a problem and B, my grandparents did business with oh, that family. that's so amazing. Right. And so, you know, the fact that there is a person to call 
Not that they ever have to call, but there's security in knowing that mm-hmm. on top of the fact that you have the Sotheby's brand. Yeah. I mean, can we just shout out to the Sotheby's brand? The network. I drank the Kool-Aid. The first, you know, class I ever had on the Sotheby's brand, I was like, called mom, like crying after. I was like, we're so blessed. I love this. Why well, do you love time, the Sotheby's brand? The second time you He's cried luxury, was, nin- was our Ninja. Because he loves luxury. Yes. And Ninja, when you wrote the letter to your mom. Oh. <laughs> I should have brought it to read to you again. But when you guys are talking about the luxury brands you both worked for, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. And the thing is, is that, you know, being here and doing business with people outside of Dallas and social media is such a huge part of our business. But the thing that's exciting is and rewarding is when you're associated with the Sotheby's brand people outside of Dallas like I said I mean I had 24 towns that I did business in and they might not know Dallas but they know Sotheby's Mm -hmm. exactly they know me and they know Sotheby's so that's you know that's definitely rewarding and what do you love personally about the Sotheby's brand like the network the Mm -hmm. education um you know I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, we say it's Kool-Aid, but it's not Kool-Aid. It's just a way of life. I love that. I know. You know, and it's not, I don't look at it like I have a sales job. I feel like I share. I agree. Let me share this with you. And I mean, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, you know what? There's going to be something else. Yeah. So there's not the pressure. I don't put that pressure on myself. It's just about connecting. Mm Mm-hmm. And I connect with the brand. I connect with the people I work with. I mm-hmm. connect with, you know, a lot. So for me, it's perfect. I love that, Gavin. That's so beautifully said. And what about you, Mom? Um, I think the brand, I think having the brand behind us that is recognized in Mexico City or Paris or Miami mm-hmm. or New York or Los Angeles, you know, you just know what you're getting. It's sort of like going to a Starbucks. I can order the same drink. It's mm-hmm. it's the experience. Mm-hmm. It's them the notoriety I think especially when markets change which they do they Mm -hmm. always will you know it ebbs and flows it's just so critical to have that that brand that you trust and that you know what have we been in business a hundred and something years so somebody's doing something right and you know you don't a buyer or a seller doesn't pay extra for it at all Mm -hmm. so I don't know why you wouldn't go with the brand and, mm-hmm. and I think that you know I, I think we've gotten deals um, because um, from out-of-state buyers who trusted that we weren't just some Joe Schmo around the corner little cute boutique which there are some amazing great boutiques don't get me wrong but when you're moving out of state and you're scared and you're it's just unknown what's happening in your future it's just okay you're going to grab the first thing you can trust I think that's I love Us, that. You know, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well said. I mean, my friends are in um, Rome right now and they just sent me a selfie with the Sotheby's in Rome that they stumbled across. And I was like, yeah, that's why I love this. <laughs> I like international right. brands. <laughs> yeah. But I think the other thing is the camaraderie. And I mean, I think the opportunity, our skill, you know, in terms of career, we might be at different points in our career, let's say, but we're really not. We're both starting our real estate career. But the skills you bring and the skills I have are so complementary that that's the beauty of it, the collaboration. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've enjoyed the most. Me too. Me too, Gavin. Yes. I love it. Me too. And then, um, so Gavin's become kind of like the office social media like star. So do you have any um, advice for other agents 
listening of like how you've tackled your own social media niche? Start it. Just, just start just it. Just start. Just yeah. start. Um, it's interesting. I appreciate the compliments more than you know, but it didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. It's been going on. And from my retail background, you know, long before people were getting sales on the internet, especially social, you know, Instagram, I had built my business up and I knew that if I photographed it right and if I put the right language and blah, 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 I had a winner or I didn't have a winner. So uh, I'm fortunate that I had, I was up and running with that. Yeah. But there's so many more apps now. There's so many more opportunities, you know, to learn. Um, just looking at how you do things, how I do things. I mean, I've never done a podcast. I'm with you. So, I mean, I think it's just being open and exploring and doing and finding what is, you know, what's making your statement. What's making your statement. I love that. How do you communicate? You know, and it's just, I think I'm visual. I've always, I mean, I always wanted to be a photographer and it's like, okay, do I really think I'm a good photographer? No, but uh, I like taking pictures and, you know, I think it's very calming. Yeah. I don't write, so I enjoy telling the story. Mm-hmm. And that's more or less what, it, you know, whether it be one of our events or whether it be telling the story of a house. Mm-hmm. You try to convey that, the things that, you know, is everyone going to like it? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it's down to the music. And I think, you know, the music takes you to a place. The memory of the house can take you. Oh, yes. love it. Love I think it, that it. is something that stands out in your media is your music. I so do. I love that you said that. It's very true. You have a lot of energy that's conveyed in your media that I think a lot of other people have noticed and have been like, got to step up my game. <laughs> got to add some energy here. Well, I don't know. I'm constantly I'm talking about like, myself. <laughs> well, I feel like, like I'm God. having to step up because, I mean, there's so many talented people at it. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have different styles, but it's finding out what's your style. But the thing is, is if I had to tell anyone, I said, I would just say, you have to, you have to start. You, just have, you to have to start. start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the truth for anything? It's like, People think that some artists are like overnight sensations and they're like, no, I've been at this for 15 years every day. Just you just noticed, <laughs> you know, day after day. it's exactly. true. Just show up and just do it and just do a small step every day. Well, I love that. Um, so, Gavin, you've been in Dallas since 1996, but I'm sure that it's changed a lot and you've changed a lot. So what would you say that you love the most about Dallas now? The people. The people. The people. Um, the relationships. The memories. You know, when we talked about it, I think the memories go back to they're either at homes or their restaurants, you know, experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas does have a way of attracting the most incredible people. And I've lived in different states and different cities too, just like you guys. And um, Dallas is always like this can-do city, sort of like it has a chip on its shoulder or something. And the more it does, the more it shows you it wants to do. You know? right. I mean, it's crazy. But look how we met. It's amazing. I knew your daughter. I met you. I sat next to you at a dinner, and, you know, we immediately connected. And, you know, that's Wait, tell the... us how y'all know each other from the past, because I love this. We have a million connect. We were both in the fashion industry in Dallas back in the day. And so 
I was probably getting out as he was sort of coming in, and I worked for a showroom in Dallas, Apparel Mart, that was a stationary showroom, and we were open every day of the year. But we had offices in Los Angeles and New York, and I was there for 10 years. And so he was in the building, too, with different showrooms <laughs> and stuff. And so we were both... And the Apparel Mart in that time, it's not even there anymore, which is so sad, but it was an architectural gem. It was a super... So glamorous. Oh, I remember it. I was a baby, and I remember the smell. I remember your office. I remember the design. The interior was so modern and so almost like sci-fi modern that they filmed um, 2010 Space Odyssey movie inside the building. And so it was really a sight for people to come to. Dallas was sort of a destination between New York and L.A. for fashion. Yeah. And so people dressed then, and they dressed at market, and it was just fun. We'll have to plug Farrah Fawcett on that with Logan's Run. For sure. That was iconic. I mean, one of the most iconic. I went to a lot of fashion shows there, and I remember probably one of the the one that I remember most was the Bob Mackey tribute when Jan Strimple, um, I guess she directed it as well, but basically – Carol Burnett always came out because Carol Burnett's costumes were Bob Mackie. Cher's costumes were Bob Mackie. Dynasty was Nolan Miller. So, but with that, Carol Burnett always came out into the show or at some part in the show, she was always the, the cleaning lady and she had the hat and she had the big shoes. She kind of looked like a clown with the red hair. But anyway, I mean, you're standing there or you're watching and all of a sudden there's 20 to 30 Carol Burnett's on the stage and the next thing you know, the, sto- the show starts and Jan Strimple starts it up with, um, you know, strips off the clothes and she's in a beaded gown from Bob Mackie. And it was a tribute of all the Bob Mackie oh gowns. Oh my gosh. What a so, I'm going to have to look that up. What a I night. Can, you, can, you can Google that easily. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably one of the most iconic memories what a in night. that building. That is so cool. Oh, I I was in one probably just a few years before that. This was probably like 1990. And it was mm-hmm. Le Grand Hébert had come to Dallas to receive a fashion award. And I got to sit at the main table, Craig and I did. And um, the models were Naomi Campbell, oh, Cindy oh. Crawford. Heard of her. And the whole, <laughs> the whole tribe of that, that generation. And it was just, I just couldn't even believe that was alive you know it was wow. just fascinating and fabulous but dallas has that way of attracting that sort of excitement it's amazing yeah but i think that goes to like stanley marcus too and it does some of the great pioneers in fashion you know there you know there's so many iconic things about dallas you know fortunate for us with our um our award ceremony this year you know the highlight for me on top of the awards was definitely having shonda north which I thought was, you know, an experience. It was an out of life experience in itself. Yeah. Being the DJ. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. it's good. Do you think, um, what would you say about Dallas style right now to like people around the world? Like you still think we're kind of like a. It's ever changing. Look how many people are flooding in. Yeah. I mean, and we have talk about diversity. We do diversity. dress here, though. Like, we do dress. No, no um, knocks on Austin, but I'll bring all of my looks with me to Austin when I go visit my boyfriend, and I never wear my heels. I never wear my dresses. <laughs> you know, it's like you, like, and then in Dallas, it's like I just get so used to just, like, dressing up every day. No matter if I'm going to the office or going out, like, you just dress up. You dress up. It's I a think different so experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's more than 
the but South. But it's a good thing and about it. I do too. I right. love it. I think it's a great thing. I love it. Yeah. Well, anything else that you want to leave us with today, Gavin, on anything that we touched on or any other thoughts, feelings about? I think it's been really exciting. I mean, it's been great spending the afternoon with you. Um, well, and, and he's I like pres- in the middle of a crazy transaction. I and I like yanked him in here. I was like, sorry. Well, I mean, for me, though, it's the opportunity to work with both of you. And but the, both our experiences are similar, but yet they're so diverse. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the, the fact that I'm able to call on you. I appreciate the sport. I do too. I do too. I think we're all blessed. I do too. We're so blessed. You made me feel so safe the day I got there. I was like, wait, I feel really safe because I have this person next to me. Love it. Your energy is so beautiful and we're so lucky to have you. I'm lucky to have you all. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank Cindy. Anything else for me? No, this was so exciting. Thanks for having me. This is great. And I wish everybody could see, but Gavin is such (laughs) the salesperson. And when he says he's visual, he is a visual. We are standing in front of a, 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 a Pinterest board here with... Dallas skyline with reunion ball pictures of South Fork. My favorite mm-hmm. picture of Sue Ellen from um, Dallas when she was her husband. <laughs> I'm going to keep scary. that and Dallas I'm framing that. Department. I'm keeping it and framing picture it. Picture from White Rock Lake. Um, and we've got fragrant candles. Yeah, so he brought the he... Tom Ford fucking fabulous fragrance. So we he's, are just having a great time. He's a showman. If, if I want a realtor, he would be listed so in my home. Natural. That's for sure. It's you know. so natural. You're it's just. The best. It's we a gift easy. of yours. It's Listen, a best. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me know if anyone wants to be connected with Mr. Gavin. He's a star. And thank you so much for tuning in. And we love you all so much. Have a beautiful day.